Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back in crew and welcome into the people that have been with the Rural Roundup uh, for the last hour. Good to have your company coming up today for the next couple of hours. About to talk to John Nabs. He's a Kiwi Cherry runner. He's going to become the first New Zealand to run the length, the width, I'll go width, of uh, Canada unassisted. Just him, his pram, his tent, his laptop, his sleeping bag and his utter, utter determination. He's nearly done. He's got just over a week to go. Uh, and he joins us now live out of Canada. And I always feel humble talking to this young man with what he is doing day in and day out. He's a running machine. He's a money-making machine. And he's an inspirational man. John Nabs, uh, live in Canada. John, welcome in. Hi, mate. Hi, Snap. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. Oh, any time. I almost feel like I want to talk to you every day now because it's you must be able to taste the finish line. Absolutely. So uh, last night, or yesterday, was the final climb up, the final pass. It's called the Coca-Cola Pass of the Rocky Mountains. Um, I got there yesterday, camped up there on the summit, and then uh, descended about 1,100 metres over the course of today's marathon, and I'm now down out of the hills onto what they call the lower mainland, which is basically like the Vancouver greater sort of area. So, um, yeah, it's now, it, it definitely feels like the the home stretch. There's nothing more, you know, now that I'm over the Coca-Cola Pass, nothing more that can really go wrong. There's 169 marathons are under um, uh, behind me now, and there's three to go. I looked at, I think it was yesterday, and you got to the top of Subpass, and you looked quite happy, but you looked bloody freezing, and you and you showed us a spot, and you said, oh, I'll pitch my tent there out of the elements. It was snow as far as the eye could see. Do you freeze at nights in your poxy little tent? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I Thankfully, I got some pretty good kit. So I've got a sleeping bag that you'd be right at home with if you wanted to take it to Antarctica. So, um, yeah, I've you know, I make sure I'm I'm out of the elements and there's not not too much exposure. But then, in, yeah, in terms of uh, just staying warm, the the gear seems to um, yeah it does the job. It keeps me nice and warm. Has the gear been reliable for you? Because you're pitching tents often in quite extreme weather conditions. Yeah, uh, it has been. Um, I mean, the like I try and not I try I try and be pretty good about it. Um, the, like I, you know, you know, exposure is a huge one, especially coming across the prairies, uh, sort of November, December, where the wind just rips in. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I try not to pitch the tent in like any silly, um, silly, silly settings or anything. But um, yeah, so long as I'm sort of out of the wind and out of the rain, if I can, then um, then yeah, like the the tent has done a pretty good job. Got a really good Gore-Tex jacket, which has just been like like gold um for this whole trip I, I live in that thing um yeah no the kit's been fantastic there's a lot you can sort of get through if if, if you've got a good kit <laughs> um a few texts coming through already so i'll ask them, how stinky is your superman suit 
<laughs> oh, mate, it is horrid. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I've just given up on trying to remain a hygienic human being on this trip. Eh? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a classic. That is a classic. And people want to know how many pairs of shoes do you go through? Um, it's actually been on the low side. Um, I've I've been getting about nine hundred k to a thousand k per pair. Um, wow. So, yeah, I, I originally I thought I was going to be cranking through them a lot more, but um, they've they've held up real good. Or well, on the whole, some of them, the my second to last pair sort of capitulated coming through the Rockies. Um, only got about well eight hundred k's out of them, but. Um, no, I don't know. I get I get really attached to my kit, and I've had a lot of people saying you should probably um, be cycling through it all a lot more quickly. But I don't know. I think I think the most I got out of one pair, I picked up a pair in Ottawa, and I only traded them in when I got to Alberta, which is about about three thousand cases. <laughs> Take us back for if there's anyone listening for the first time. The date it started, and the thing that just blows me away is you're doing a marathon sometimes more per day. Day one was what date, and how far were you running those early days? So day one was the 3rd of May last year, um, and I, I I started with a flurry for the first like one or two days. I was doing about, oh, about 25K, but um, I quickly learned that that wasn't sustainable. I got tendonitis like straight away. So really, the, the 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 starting mileage I would say is like where I came back to after uh, I took a couple of days just to manage that tendonitis, and then and then I found my real starting daily mileage after that, and that was about 17, 18 k's per day. That's what was manageable. Mm. And then you just slowly built up and built up. And I think last time we talked to you, you tried to do your longest run ever. I think you set out to do 100 and you ended up 75 because you could feel your body might break and it wasn't worth it. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah, just my last couple of days on the prairies, I knew that if I was going to try and crack the ton one of these days on this adventure, then it was probably going to have to be then. And um, I had an absolute rarity of a tailwind, which you never get. It's always a westerly on the prairie. So I thought, okay, today's the day. Went out, tried to do the 100. Um, and it was like, if it was if it was just a one-off day race, 100K race, it definitely would have been quite you know, doable to push through. But I called it off. After about 70Ks, I could feel a new niggle that I hadn't had mm. um, and just in the back of my knees. And, and I was quite worried about it. So I thought, well, there's no point you know, pushing on this extra 30Ks now and pushing further into the damage and risking the whole project. So I, I called it off at 75, so that's been my biggest day. Mm. How are you physically now? How, how are you coping with the day-to-day grind? Like, do, do you wake up some mornings and go, God, I've got to run? Yeah, it's really curious. You know, like, the I was running with this um, pro ultra runner uh, back in Banff, which is actually right where I was um uh, when I last spoke to you, and we were going up this unbelievable section of highway. It's it's, it's the busiest avalanche control program in the world over this pass called Rogers Pass. Um, oh man, it, like a crazy day. But I, I could go on. I could talk about that a bit later. But um, running with him, and he's a fit, fit guy. As I say, a professional ultramarathon runner, and um, and he was just saying like. He, he could he could leave me in the dust if he wanted to in terms of speed, but what he couldn't get over was just when someone comes out and does something like this project, um, 
what you're training your body to do is to bounce back every day. And that is a, it's a strange thing after a while because it's, it's, it's quite ordinary to take a rest day. And, and I haven't really had too many of those on this run. And um, so to answer your question, what's the body like? It's, it's, um, it's really weird. Like I'll be in the morning, uh, I'm, you know, getting out of bed, everything is so tender. And I, I feel like I look like my granddad used to look before, <laughs> before he passed away. Just everything hurts. And, and I'm sure people looking at me, they, I, I look like everything hurts. And, um, if I ever have to stand up out of a chair or whatever, it's, it's, it's not a quick process. Everything's creaking and, and, um, and then, and it's the same, uh, in the evenings, whenever if I'm walking around my, my campsite or a house if somebody's taken me in or whatever. So that's, that's what it's like morning and night. But then so weirdly, fascinatingly every day, the body gets up for the task of doing another marathon or a 50k or a 60k on the tarmac you know it's unforgiving it's not it's not on um nice soft trails it's it's on the trans canada highway um and yeah probably the first three four k's it's quite slow and and things are all pretty ginger but um yeah i've just by the time sort of kilometer 20 25 rolls around <laughs> The body's warm to the task, and um, it's if th- those 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 last you know that that second half marathon or those last sort of thirty k's of each day, um, things are smooth and and um, yeah, it's it's lovely, it's absolutely lovely. And um, I mean that said, there's there's the tendonitis. There's there's six or seven different cases of tendonitis, and they come and go, but the one that doesn't come and go it's just always there is in my my right hamstring and, and probably up into the right uh, glute as well um so it's, it's not so lovely because they're always there it sort of feels like you're getting a bit of a sort of electric shock or something down your down your backside but um yeah it's i suppose that's to be expected with a, a huge you know with a project like this and um i i'm just uh astounded by the fact that i can be so reckless and irresponsible and, and, and ask my body to do this, but that it seems to respond. I'm wanting to ask you this question, and I hope it's not too deep, but running, um, like you, you were a runner back in the day, but for the last, since May, uh, right up till now and, and another week, running's been your constant friend, right? It's been your constant companion. And in a week, you say goodbye to it. I'm not saying you'll never run again, but it's it's like being this massive part of your life. And by the time you finish, it's going to be the best part of a year. And that's gone. And that's part of your identity and that sort of thing. Have you thought about that when it all comes to a conclusion? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Um, I, I've, I think uh, I've been quite deliberate not to try and identify as a runner as uh, that might be a bit of a hard to do um on this when, when that's pretty much all you're doing nine to five um for the better part of the year but um but like when I, i've deliberately tried to do that because i knew you know this too shall pass and and there will be a time where this is just a, a wonderful memory mm. um so a lot of the time when people uh say you know 
you know, if I'm like introducing myself or whatever, and they're like, oh, you're that runner guy, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm, that's what I'm doing, you know, I'm running, I'm running across Canada, but that's not who I am, and I, I'm quite, I think I'm quite deliberate about that, certainly, you know, in terms of identity and what have you, so I think, uh, I don't know, I'm, I think, um, I, w- I want, you know, on that next day, uh, when it's all over, I'm, I'm very much envisaging and, and planning, like, I'm still going to wake up in the morning and, um, you know, even though it's not for this big, um, big, obvious, meaningful cause, I still want to wake up, put my shoes on early in the morning um, and just go out for 5Ks just because um, I still I still want to do running because before any of this big run happened, I ran because I liked I liked it. I loved it. It was a it was a means for me to get out and um, get some air into the lungs, um, see the day, um, do a little bit of hard work, and come back feeling nice and tired and and get uh, get stuck into a, a big a big healthy brickie. You know that's sort of how and why I and the way in which I sort of have a relationship with running, and that that precedes any um, any big you know cross Canada stuff, and and so I want to. And that's all. That's all quite a, you know, it's, it's less, um, you know, gratifying and things like that. It's a lot more, sort of, just the everyday. And 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 that's good. That's what I want. And that's that's, you know, as I say, that first day. What would it be next Sunday when I wake up in Victoria, hmm. um, over on Vancouver Island? The the plan is just to carry on, carry on that normal sort of a bit more quiet and and. and simple relationship with running that I had before this whole thing started. Mm. I had a few questions about <clears throat> the speed you run. Do you have like time goals? Do you check the terrain and say, oh, well, I've got to get through 10 cases at a certain amount of time or do you just start and then stop when you reach where you're going? Um, it's definitely about the terrain and the goal for the day. Uh, like it's not so much about speed. Like I don't, I don't sit there and think, okay, well, I'm doing five minute K's now, or I'm doing six minute K's. I should drop it down a bit. It's, it's just about the day. Um, and, and really the way I plan out the days is really, it's really just a function of the geography. So I know that if I've got, you know, I'm, I'm going across the prairies and there's not much, there's no towns or anything for the next, well, there's maybe one little town after 50 K's and then there's another wee town after 60 K's and it's just dead flat, both, for um, all of that time, then I, the the job for the day is okay. Whatever else happens, just bridge the gap from that 50k's, so you can get to that town and you can resupply on on some food, and that means you have to carry less in the meantime. Um, so, so I mean, admittedly, my pace is actually pretty slow. Like I probably run about I don't know. I'd say I'd sit on an average of probably about six minute k, uh, six minutes, maybe six and a half minutes per kilometer mm. so it's not setting the world on fire but um it's that's not that's not what it's about like um a lot of people have been asking because because i'm approaching day 300 pretty soon um and that's actually a pretty long time to be <laughs> going across a country and um and i've had the odd comment of like um how does it compare to other people that have done it and it's about on par with the first fella that ever ran across Canada self-supported um, and it's slower than the other 
two people. So there have been, sorry, three people. There have been four. Um, hopefully by next Thursday, the plan will be that there's been five. But um, the, so it's a bit slower, but the whole, the whole, um, the whole plan has been like, speed has been priority number four. Uh, in terms of this project priority number one has been doing whatever is required in order to give myself the best chance of finishing um so that means if i've got a big injury rather than what you might do on any given if you go like a marathon race or something you might just push through because you can heal recover afterwards the plan here has been well if you need to stop and do a rehab for a day or two days or whatever um, if that's going to give you the best chances of actually being able to carry on and finish, then do that. So that's been priority number one. Priority number two has been the fundraising. So that's meant a lot of media, a lot of um, school talks and, and talks at businesses and things like that. Um, priority number three has been connecting with people, that lovely um, inspiration both ways mm-hmm. um, that seems to come from from doing that. And the hospital visits, the the pediatric oncology wards, all of that. And then, like, if all those top three things, those boxes are all ticked on any given day or week or whatever it is, then I might say, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll do a big day today. I'll go 70, 65Ks today. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's pretty low down on the priority list, the speed. Mm. Someone said, tongue-in-cheek, how fast do you need to run when you're being chased by a black bear? Has there been any <laughs> wildlife uh, encounters? Yeah, there has been. Black bear has been one of them, as a matter of fact. Um, so they say, there's a rule of thumb, um, which I learned as I was researching for this trip, um, in terms of bears. Because um, the black bears are a bit smaller, right? Um, if it's black, fight back. If it's brown, lie down. If it's white, good night. Like, you're not going to fight off a polar bear. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> So the black um, bears are a bit wussy. You can fight them. Yeah, they're a bit. They're, they're about the size of a like a big dog. Um, and and the thing I've learned with all of these big wildlife over here, like none of them want to get into a fight. They want to live a peaceful life in the forest and that. Like they're only gonna attack you if if either if you're protecting their young or if you're being aggressive towards them. So like a lot of the time, the the best solution is just like don't make loud noises, don't act threatening, just back away. And a lot of the time you're good. Um, and I've had a couple of encounters with coyotes and they've, again, they're, they're, um, that same thing seems to work. Um, but yeah, to, to, to the black bear situation, I was running along the road in Nova Scotia back in the summertime, country road, and um, this little black thing walks out in front of me on the road. And um, at first I thought it was a cat and and i thought oh, this is neat i'll again say hi to this wee cat um realized pretty soon thereafter it didn't have a long tail like a cat and it didn't walk sort of graciously like a cat it was sort of just plodding along the road and i was like oh no that's a black bear cub and then and then like that's if they say with black bears if it's if it's just a black bear by itself not such a huge deal if it's a black bear with a cub that's a massive deal because the mum's going to be there and she's going to tear you to shreds. Um, so I saw this cub. I thought, oh, crap, what do I do? <laughs> um, and Yeah, first encounter. And, and thankfully, 
yeah, the lucky stars were, must have been well aligned because um, the mum didn't come along. Oh. I, or, yeah, I got away. <laughs> Jeepers. We've got time for two quick ones. Um, there's quite a few about food, so I'll read one of them about food. Please tell us what you eat to survive <laughs> and where the hell does it come from because I doubt supermarkets are not open on your roots. <laughs> uh, so the baby stroller can fit quite a lot. Um, one of the biggest... The biggest bags inside the baby stroller is the food bag, um, and I can carry enough food to last me probably about five days worth. Oh. Um, I, I eat. I try to actually keep the food diet, keep the diet as like as normal as possible because I figure this thing's such a long project. If you're going to go like a year um, doing doing that while eating like dehydrated tramping meals, probably not going to be very healthy. So. I do try and keep it, you know, three meals a day. And then I just eat a lot of cliff bars in the middle mm-hmm. um, and then electrolyte tablets. Uh, and that pretty much seems to do the job. Mm. And finally, the media coverage you're getting over there. I've noticed it seems to be ramping up a little bit and uh, it looks like it's going to be quite a crescendo in Vancouver. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all picking up. We've got an awesome day planned for next Thursday in Vancouver. We're going to, going to be running to BC Children's Hospital, the Vancouver Canucks, the NHL hockey team, who are doing really, really well this season, actually. They've come on board. Um, they're going to organise um, a wee uh, ticket to a game and then a bit of a shout-out on the Jumbotron big screen. They're giving us some gear to donate because um, the, the, while also in Vancouver, um, I'm heading along to the BC Children's Hospital to the oncology ward there, um, meet the kids, um, give them some Canucks hockey gear, and then heading along, um, it's just a big media day, that final day. So we're going to meet the mayor, going to head along to the New Zealand consulate, uh, and then head on down to the ocean for a swim. So um, I've had a lot of media has reached out for that one. It's, it's really, really cool to see. Hopefully we can help spread the word and, and raise a few more funds. Um, and even had a, a call, this mo- a message this morning from the producer um, from a, um, a show out of Toronto with a one of the, the big media ladies in Canada called Heather Hiscox. It's it's sort of like the equivalent of, I don't know, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's it's one of the you know the most viewed shows here in Canada. So um, it's yeah, it should be uh, should be good fun. And so let's wrap it up. I'll wrap it up with a text from Gary in Upper Hutton. Says, "G'day, Steph. Quick message for John. Good on you, mate. You're nearly there. Amazing accomplishment. Makes you proud to be." A Kiwi, and and on that note, Jono, um, man, just you're incredibly inspiring, selfless man, and uh, the small part we've played in staying in touch and trying to raise as much awareness as we can. Uh, I just I can't wait to meet you in person when you get back to New Zealand, and we are all New Zealanders are on your shoulder as you embark on your last week and hit Vancouver, mate. Um, just absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much, mate. Um, I just. Just a quick note to say that our last call that we had when I was in Vancouver, that it was fantastic. I really enjoyed that chat. And then the messages that came through from, from your listeners um, after that, um, that, that you sent through to me, the screenshots and stuff. Um, I was sitting in the, the room I was staying with there uh, in Banff and just to see these messages, I, I think I was a, a bit of an idiot in how I responded to you. I was so lost for words, but um to see see those messages at the same time, two two massively opposing feelings. It was simultaneously the the most proud moment of my life, and also the most humbling. Just to know that um, you know everyone back home was watching, and, and a 
better get out there and get the job done and um and you know and wave the flag it, it, it was it was a beautiful moment so thank you mate i really appreciate that no worries Jonah. go well enjoy your last week we'll come back shortly <laughs> 